Ready to keep you company wherever you are. Card Blanche, the podcast, brings you immersive, hard-hitting stories anytime, anywhere, every week. Another week, another whole week wrap with Daily Maverick and Card Blanche. Here's what's coming your way in today's chat. Symbolic or a veiled threat. We look at the latest debate swirling around Kill the Boer. I don't know if they really win from it because, you know, you see the DA and Afri Forum all coming out and stuff. It's almost like a cycle that I don't feel like people are surprised anymore. So I'm not really sure if the EFF wins. Then illegal mining is top of mind for many Joburg residents. So what's the solution? And we celebrate Women's Month while also taking a very sober look at what can be done to empower South African women even more. There's a lot of ground to cover, so let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Whole Week Wrap with Daily Maverick and Carte Blanche. With us today is Maverick citizen journalist Takutwa Pongweni. How have you been since our last chat? I've been pretty good keeping busy, but that's always fun. Ah, that's lovely. That's lovely. As long as we're busy, right? Um, Mm. Instead of bored. I want us to start with a a controversial topic, and that's the EFF struggle song, Kill the Bird. The song is once again a topic of debate for many South Africans. This after party members and supporters sang the song at their recent 10th anniversary celebrations. Firstly, what do you make of all of this? Well, you know, I feel like it's a topic that we've discussed at nauseum. So it's interesting that we're still having it. You know, the history, it's a political slogan that was chanted in the early 1990s as a form of political consciousness. You know, it's been made very clear that it's not a declaration of violence on anyone. And I don't know. I think it's quite upsetting that we're still having this very same conversation. Mm. But I mean, you you can't ignore kind of the question of intent in this, because I mean, why do you think the EFF continues singing the song, knowing just how controversial it is? The court ruling aside, the, the song is highly divisive, and we've seen it time and again. And as you've said, we've we've had this conversation ad nauseum. So what is the EFF's intention behind all of this? Is it purely just the symbolic meaning of the song for them as a party? Or do you think there's maybe a bit more to it that they're trying to stir up drama or take up the headlines? Or what do you think is the intent behind it? I think they're well aware that it does cause all this commotion. And I don't know if they really win from it because, you know, you see the DA and Afri Forum all coming out and stuff. It's almost like a cycle that I don't feel like people are surprised anymore. So Mm. I'm not really sure if the EFF wins, you know. So they sing the song, the DA gets all riled up, says they're going to take them to the UN and people are like, oh, look, your true colors are coming out. So it's the same thing, but I'm not sure if if they benefit anything in the long run. Does the EFF actually gain much from this aside from, you know, making headlines for a few days or weeks? Because if you think about it, you know, either those who are already kind of align with the EFF's thinking will already be there, follow them. And then you have those who might just be scared off by this and just thinking like this, this is a bit too much, too theatrical for me. Um, I want a party that's maybe a little bit more calm, kind of collected for, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. I think that is it. And people are very hesitant to sort of get into the debate about it, which is understandable. It's 
it's a it's a very emotive topic, you know. I'm not quite sure what the EFF's end goal is. And I feel like for me, it's almost a distraction because there are many valid things to criticize the EFF for. We could have, during their 10-year celebration, they had a, a lecturer who was homophobic, who was giving a speech there. And it's as a party, they stand for their anti-homophobic. So why are you allowing, why are you platforming this professor if that's what your party stands for, you know? So I don't know if that caused such a big stir and maybe this was their chance to, you know, shift the media attention away from that. I'm not quite sure. You actually took my next question straight out of my mouth is what what are we missing? While we're looking at the Kildeboer issue, what are we maybe missing from that day's events? Because, I mean, clearly... There was so much more that happened during that day, but it's all kind of just been funneled into the kill the bird focus and now nothing else matters. No one's talking about anything else. So I I absolutely agree with you. I think it is a way of kind of just diverting attention from the real issues. Not, you know, not that I'm saying that kill the bird isn't a real issue for certain spheres within, within the country, but taking away from substantial issues that impact their politics and the way that they represent people in South Africa. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And in taking away from the real issues, farm killings, although they do happen in South Africa, they make up a small portion of the violent acts that overall happen in the country, you know, compared to other violent crimes such as femicide. So again, it's taking away from another real issue because now everyone's just so focused on these farm killings, but there's so much more going on that we should be looking at. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think as a closing remark, uh, we must acknowledge that as symbolic as Kildeboer is to the EFF, that symbolism holds a very different meaning to other spheres within South Africa. And I, and I think that perhaps politicians from all sides need to really think carefully about how they engage with supporters and how they engage with their opposition and ultimately what it means for an already frayed social fiber of a, a highly unequal country. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better. In recent weeks, both Daily Maverick and Carte Blanche have reported on illegal mining activities creeping ever closer to suburban areas. Whether it's the gas leak in Benoni that left several Zamazamas dead or violence erupting in Rivoli, it cannot be denied that illegal mining is out of control in South Africa. Is it too late for government to act and could legalizing informal mining be the answer? So another week, another illegal mining operation making headlines this time in Rivoli in Joburg where residents took to the streets last week to protest the illegal mining activities. The protests came after five bodies believed to be those of informal miners or zamazamas were found by police. And the residents also say that they've been caught in the center of worsening gun battles between warring zamazama factions. And it's it's something that a lot of communities can relate to. So as one resident told Daily Maverick, you know, the, the war is no longer on the boundaries of our community. They are coming into our community and shooting at each other. Is it too late for government to rein in these illegal mining activities? Have we crossed that line? Is it just now part of our daily lives? So I feel like illegal mining represents a microcosm of a dysfunctional society. It's something that's festered for well over a decade in the void that's been left largely by absent police service. The police seem 
unable or unwilling to fulfill their constitutional mandate, you know. This typically happens. There's a community, they protest over Zamazamas, Becky Fele comes in, you know, he speaks there, but there's never real any strategy that he presents. They don't seem to have the capacity or the skills to investigate what is essentially organized, very complex organized crime. And Mm. to some degree, I would say they seem terrified of the very same criminals that they're meant to apprehend. I think it was National Commander Fani Masamola who said they just don't have the budget to deal with this, which, you know, that doesn't instill much confidence in community members. And I can understand with the Rivoli members saying, you know, this is just, it's just part of their life right now that people come in, they make all these promises and then nothing changes, which is very unfortunate. Because mm-hmm. a clear indication of just how out of control this this has become and how little the police is able to do is that, I mean, in Rivoli, for instance, the police had these massive raids on, on Monday and Tuesday. And then a few days later, those same Zamazamas were back opening up these holes and they were back at it again. So, I mean... Clearly, the police showing up and making large-scale arrests isn't doing what it's supposed to. I fully agree with you that the police is simply not on top of this. And I honestly, just listening to Becky Kele in the past, I don't think they have a plan. I don't think they know where to even start with this. Exactly. And it's the unemployment rate in this country is, is shocking. 64% of the unemployment rate are young people, and half of the country's population lies below the poverty line. The economy is contracting, there are power outages, the cost of living has skyrocketed. So on one hand, you can't really fault illegal miners for just you know, trying to put food on the table. But on the other hand, you can't ignore the violent crime and the acts of violence that have become the order of the day in these communities, which isn't fair to the community members. And it also isn't fair that these illegal miners are putting themselves in such dangerous situations just to make a living. You know? mm. So in terms of solutions, not too long ago, Carte Blanche looked at potentially, you know, kind of legalizing informal mining. And we had a very small uh, scale example of that where a, a small mining company took in these Zamazamas and used their skills and their understanding of mining and kind of took them in and kind of formalized their, their mining practices. Could that maybe be the answer? Instead of us trying to criminalize it, maybe embrace it? I think it's it's something that we should consider. I think it's very clear that the possible solutions to curb illegal mining do not lie in criminalizing it or publishing stories about the arrests made or through political grandstanding, like when Becky Fele comes there. I think existing laws and strategies need to be overhauled to determine new ways to harness the Zamazama's economic potential. While also at the same time, something needs to be done to target the criminal bosses who orchestrate and benefit the most from this illegality, because it's not the Zamazamas who are bringing in the big money. You know, it's people much higher than them. Zamazamas are the very bottom rugs of a thriving illicit economy that's centered on Johannesburg. It primarily benefits South African scrap metal and gold dealers, jewelers, gold refineries and exporters. So, you know, that's another issue we need to be addressing, that we should be going for the big fish and not just the Zamazamas. Absolutely. And unless, you know, these root causes are addressed, 
young people will be drawn to this. You know, they they feel like they have no other option. And yeah, I just think the current, whatever our current strategy is to deal with it is not working. So perhaps looking at legalizing it and targeting the bigger fish is a better way to go about it. August is Women's Month, and it's a time for society to reflect on the power of women in South Africa. But it's also a time where we need to acknowledge the various failings by government and the private sector. Takudzwa shares her thoughts on the importance of empowering women. So it's Women's Day this coming Wednesday, and I think there's a lot to celebrate this year specifically. Firstly, we have the surge in interest in women's sports with the Netball World Cup that recently came to an end, and of course, the FIFA Women's World Cup. And regardless of the outcomes of whether we won, whether we made it to the finals or the semis or any of that, our national teams have most certainly inspired so many young girls out there to really just go for it. And I mean, that in itself is a huge win and I think that's something we should really kind of drive home uh, this week during Women's Day. Absolutely, I agree with you. Watching Banyanya Banyanya play, I think I lost about 10 years of my life because I was just so (laughs) anxious in that match. (laughs) It's great that they managed to push through. They've outshone the men's team. They've quieten their critics you know a lot of Mm. people were saying they're just going to Australia and New Zealand to have a holiday but you know they're through to the World Cup last 16. Their group was a tough group but Mm. they still managed to pull through a victory so that's great and keeping in mind that it is Women's Month I think it would be really cool if politicians and soccer administrators instead of just riding the wave of success and patriotism and pride use this opportunity and this moment and capitalized on it by making women's football in South Africa professionalized, you know? We do not have a professional women's league. Many of Bananya's players are forced to go overseas to get real contracts, you know? The winning goal scorer, Katlana, she plays for Racing Louisville FC in the United States. Heidi Magaya, known as the breadwinner, she plays in South Korea, you know? So imagine what we could possibly achieve if we nurtured and cultivated young talent and helped develop them to their true depth, you know? So I think it's really time that we get a professional women's league in this country. We've been pushing for that for a long time, you know, the sports fans, and just saying, why are you not supporting Banyana Banyana the way that we all can see they deserve to be supported. I mean, they're clearly doing way more than what Bafana is doing. So just jump in, support them, give them funding and get behind them fully as government. Like, please, we've been begging for this for years. Absolutely. They just, they deserve it. The fact that they've made it through to the round of 16, despite all that was happening before they left, you know, with their payments, Mm. um, it's just, it's a testament to their ability and just the, if you could just imagine what would happen if everything was smoothly running in that organization and they got the actual support they needed. It's just it's so exciting to think about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then just in terms of Women's Month as a whole, what does Women's Month mean for you? And what do you think it means for the women of South Africa? Because we have a lot of issues that we need to deal with on a daily basis. You you mentioned femicide much earlier in today's episode. That's something that we have to 
confront almost every single day. There is the workspace inequality. And then as we've seen just now from, from our conversation regarding women's sport, just opportunities. They're, they're just not as readily available out there as, as they should be. So with all of that in mind, what do you think Women's Month actually means for women in South Africa? I think Women's Month goes beyond gifts and messages. You know, um, mm. it's about celebrating our women with understanding and meaning. And there are many, many ways to celebrate and honor women who have paved the way for us and who continue to stand in their rights. You know, it's important that we learn the history of women. We understand the significance and importance of Women's Day. You know, attend events honoring women's achievements, hosting panel discussions and workshops. You know, discussing some of the issues that you've just mentioned that affect women, opening up rooms for women's empowerment. You know, there's just, there's so much we can do just beyond the generic messages. Mm, mm, Absolutely. And with that, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I hope the remainder of this week is kind to us all and that especially to our female listeners out there, wishing you all a lovely Women's Day. And I look forward to chatting to you again, Takudzwa. Thank you. I look forward to chatting to you again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap. In case you missed any of our previous chats with Daily Maverick, you can find them all on Carte Blanche, the podcast, available on Spotify and all major podcasting platforms.